<laughs> I don't need that. <laughs> oh, dear. Are you nervous? No, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> this, I'm nervous for what could happen. What could happen? Minmay could kill us all. <laughs> Did you just down like a drink? Yes! No, I just needed something to quench my thirst. To get you through the day. Oh, boy. Well, I, no, I've been looking forward to this for a long time, so... <laughs> that barely, I'm still a little scared. I can barely contain my excitement. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, this is your idea, so... The blame goes solely on you. This goes down bad. But there's impossible to go down bad, because this is a Robotech and it rules. Gotham City, like any other large metropolis, abounds in girls of all shapes and sizes. Debutantes, nurses, stenographers, and librarians. Gotham City Library, Miss Gordon speaking. Lopez hair removal, this is Jose. Holy transformation. One minute, plain Barbara Gordon, librarian and Commissioner Gordon's daughter. And the next minute... Something new has been added. Batgirl, modeled after her idol, Batman. Holy apparition! No, boy, wonder I'm Batgirl. You are no longer alone, Caped Crusader. It took me three years to track down the Jade Gato, and three more to figure out how to steal it. Funny, it only took me ten minutes to figure out how to snatch it back. No matter how you do it, crime doesn't pay girls. I'm your host, Stella, and this is Batgirl to Oracle, the Barbara Gordon Podcast, episode 54 for January MMXIII. Episode 54 is brought to you by this public service announcement. Look at all the people! Billy, what's the matter? Hi, hi. Billy! My friend passed out. Help me get him up. Never lift the head of a person who's fainted. Airtight. Keep him flat and raise his legs. Now loosen his clothes and use a wet cloth. What happened? You passed out. Remember, if someone faints... Never lift their head. You got it. Now we know. And knowing's half the battle. G.I. Joe! Batgirl to Oracle is also brought to you by MileHighComics.com, your new and collectible comic book store. 
Mile High Comics has an inventory of over 5 million comics from the gold, silver, bronze, and modern age, and over 100,000 trade paperbacks. If you're not into the vintage stock, Mile High Comics also has a subscription service called the New Issue Comics Express, offering a discounted price for comics ready to hit the shelves. So if you're looking for vintage back issues or a great modern subscription service, be sure to check out milehighcomics.com. Well, it is happening again. This is Shipper Special number two. I love shippers. Let me tell you about shippers. Get over your own shipping bullshit. Let, let, let me tell you about shippers. <laughs> <laughs> get over it. Get, get over your own shipping bullshit. Shipper. I love shippers. 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 Let me tell you about shippers. Be Stop talking about that. Shipper. Ship, ship, shippers. I love shippers. Dick and Babs. Dick, Dick, Dick and Babs. Batman and Cat, Catwoman. There we go. For the shippers, Batman's married to the Joker. To the Joker. There better not be Damien, Seth, Seth, Stephanie, Shippers, I'll kill them. Dick and Babs. It's 2050, and Donovan and I are here on the SDF-5, uh, <laughs> newly uh, commissioned, going through th- these logs of history of what has happened over the past 50 years, especially starting in 1999, mainly focusing on this great era of the SDF-1. Now, Donovan, can you tell our listeners what the heck I'm talking about? <laughs> I hope so, if they're still listening. What we're talking about today is a Japanese animated series that was quite popular in the 80s and is kind of sort of lost in the annals of time. We're going to be talking about a really uh, shipper-heavy show called Robotech. Robotech is an anime franchise which actually is comprised of three separate Japanese shows. Um, but the main one we're going to be focusing on, the best one, is the Macross section. It's basically a sci-fi opera involving uh, an intergalactic war between Earth and uh, invading aliens. But that sort of the serves as a backdrop towards this love triangle between a fighter pilot, a uh, commanding military officer, and a pop star idol. Essentially, this, <laughs> this show was really popular in the 80s, um, even though it had a wacky production uh, back history. And it was sort of, I don't want to say revived, but it uh, sort of really brought forth the popularity of anime in the 80s with with that and Akira and Gundam. And um, I first found out about it because it actually showed on Toonami uh, back in like 1998 because I was, I was too young to appreciate it at the time. I don't think it was even born yet. And um, essentially, it spans 36 episodes. It has an overarching story, but there are some episodic episodes which are one and done, which we can talk about. And it's one of those series that is so influential in terms of anime fandom, both uh, in Japan and especially America, that it's it's really, really good for a variety of reasons. Um, one of my personal favorite reasons, and I think Stella's is too, is that there's a lot of really dramatic romance going on. <laughs> <laughs> really good romance. It's not, it really gets sappy, although your mileage may vary. And um, I really... I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of this series. This is like, despite the fact that I do a Dragon Ball Z podcast, this is actually my favorite anime, which I hope Jesse doesn't hear. That's essentially the main background without getting to two specific details. If you want to know more, uh, feel free to contact me. But uh, that's basically it. 
Yeah. How did you get into it? Now you said when you got into it, but how, how did it all come about and sort of your love and do you still collect things and items from it today? <laughs> Depending on what I say might get me kicked off the show. But I got into it, like I said, through Toonami because Toonami, which was a uh, cartoon and anime block on Cartoon Network in the late 90s, which started... They had shown, like, you know, Johnny Quest and um, old Flasher Superman cartoons, but they got into showing anime. I remember the first anime show that they showed was Voltron. So I was into that as a little kid. I was about nine uh, when it first came out in 1998, on Toonami at least. And after a while, they started showing Robotech, which was, you know, obviously reruns since the show ended in 86, I think, or 85. And um, the thing about Robotech is that the reason why it's so influential is even though it was sort of a mishmash between three separate shows and some of the dialogue and plots were changed, it's pretty much the same show that it was in Japan that they uh, aired for children. And that means there's a lot of like serious adult drama going on. There's a lot of um, – they, they take the whole war concept seriously. You see a lot of violence. You and there's of, nudity. You see a lot – well, I was say a lot of nudity, but there is nudity. <laughs> Only uh, so, in – well, in the first series, there's that – only that one time with Min May. But then in the second series that we aren't going to be talking about, Dana, poor Dana Star- uh, Sterling is just like shown in the shower multiple times. Yeah, they, they couldn't get enough of her so much that they showed the same shot <laughs> over and over again of the butt. They, like, okay, so Toonami was showing Robotech for a while, and I really, really love that because it was, it was one of those shows where um, I pretty much got the gist of what was going on, even though there's a lot of like little idiosyncrasies which you could understand when you're older. But the main thrust is basically war and love, and those are pretty basic uh, concepts for people of all ages to understand. And you know the voice acting was really good. Um, it was one. It's, it didn't. Well, I think so. <laughs> we'll get into it. Um, and it's, it's just a wacky concept. The idea that like it basically went over the whole concept of um, fighting. War and destruction and hate with songs and love, which, again, your mileage may vary on how much you care to listen about that. Um, it went off after a while, I guess, because the rights went out. Because there was actually a big legal battle in terms of the production of the series and its dub. And eventually, like, Dragon Ball Z replaced it, which I got into that. But um, my local comic book store, which at the time it had a different location, it had, uh, during the 80s when Robotech was big in America... Uh, there was a comic book company called Comico, which is long since defunct, but Comico actually produced uh, comic book adaptations of Robotech. And all, all three of the Robotech series, Robotech, the Macross Saga, Robotech Masters, and the Robotech New Generation. Um, and I, I, I own virtually every issue of the original Macross Saga. I am missing some issues. I'm missing, um, I'm missing uh, the last issue. I'm missing um, one of my choices today for the episodes I'll talk about. And, and I'm missing a few between episodes 27 and episodes 32. But basically, because the show went off the air, that kind of kept me into it because I would read those over and over again. And um, it, it kind of, once the 90s ended, it kind of was lost in time. And it wasn't until, you know, technology uh, was brought back again. We, we had YouTube and everything where the, it actually shows on Hulu. You can actually find the series and its original um Super Invincible Fortress Macross counterpart on Hulu if you care to watch it. And that sort of like, not really brought back my love for it, but sort of reminded me why I enjoy it because it's goofy. (laughs) I think um, at no no further point than when Stella was texting me when she started watching the show, she would point out how ridiculous the show could be. But I I still have a humongous uh, 
love and affection for it. And I might I might end up being an apologist on this episode because I can nary say a bad thing about it, men may notwithstanding. But that's essentially my bit. And I'd very much like to hear uh, Stella's bit because she comes from a completely different perspective than I do. Yeah, it's very true. I don't think you can defend Miria for bringing <laughs> her daughter on a spaceship to this... Basic like meeting. Okay, that's like child endangerment. No, you should do that. She that was like a newborn. There, that's like just an example of some wacky thing that happened. Viva Maria. Um. Yeah, I basically just got into it. I guess you could say in July at San Diego Comic Con. Whoops. I'm there, standing in line to get into the Batmobile panel, which my two cohorts, Josh and Donovan, are in there. Because I had to do something else, I think, with the toy line. And so panels like that, if you're not in line, ready to get in, or an hour before, uh, you probably won't get in. So I basically stood outside of line trying to get in for that entire panel. Um, But it was fine because I got to strike up a good conversation uh, with a, a British chap. And we were talking about all sorts of things, but then we were looking at the schedule of what was next and why, you know, all these people were still in line if if they realized they weren't going to get in for the Batman panel. And Robotech, like this anniversary, I don't even know what the specific thing was, but I, I think it was basically like the anniversary panel of Robotech. And I'm... Like what the what the heck is Robotech? I think it, it would was, have been the um the thirtieth anniversary because it oh, came out in eighty two. Yeah, and so I I don't know. I guess that was loud enough for someone to say like behind me in sort of this like scoffing manner that I should know better and know what Robotech is. Sort of what it was about. Uh, that you know that it was this really popular animated series. And then lo and behold, you know Donovan is actually a fan of this so-called Robotech. So he's explaining it to me. He's like, you know, these planes they can transform. And I said, so it's basically Transformers. <laughs> um, and he said, no, you'd love it because there's a love triangle and they're shipping and everything. You should give it a shot. So I get home and I decided, well, you know, I love Donovan. And when you have really good friends, you try to do what interests them as well so I was going to give it a shot and the first episode <laughs> I remember texting him like is the love triangle Roy, Rick and Min May? Right. And uh, Donovan misunderstood and thought that I was shipping Roy and Rick but I meant you know all of Min May but I think uh, the first episode I was like okay I'm not sure what to think of it but after maybe the third or so I really started to get into it and then really started to devour the series and all the while yeah, mass texting, I think, Don, just with every weird incident that was going on. And, of course, shouting my hatred of Min May and what she was doing and the cousin Kyle. Uh, and then I just continued on. I actually watched basically the entire 86 episodes of the entire series. So I watched Masters, which wasn't as good. New Generation was... Um, better than masters but i think robotech is the series to watch macross yeah sorry about that yeah macross saga is the one to watch and it's great also because i think you can have deep conversations about it because the characters sort of go back and forth about their duties and what they're supposed to be doing and war and everything and even the zentradi who were really i mean that was their purpose in life that was all they knew was war even some of them near the end start thinking what if there's more than war and you know what if we can stand up and and not fight and so it was more than just drama i think and and fighting it was also about 
just like really realistic aspects of war. So, and I've been watching Battlestar Galactica recently, and I think some of the similar themes come up. So I think if you're into sci-fi and Battlestar Galactica and you're good with cartoons and an anime that you would enjoy this as well. So I'd like to consider myself a fan. I also watched Do You Believe in Love special with Jonathan. <laughs> I'm sure that would be a good, great uh, commentary to do. That was but, fun. But yeah, so the main... The main love triangle is great, but I always wanted Rick to get together with Lisa Hayes in the end, and she's the one that sort of shares his military background. And I won't spoil until the end to tell you which ones uh, end up together. Now, full disclosure, I remember very, very viscerally, for a long time, you were, you were slogging through the series just asking <laughs> these questions like, why is Minmay so stupid? She leaves it's her diary true. in like an exploding building and something like that. It's true. The first <laughs> episode, you know, the Zentradi are attacking and she needs to get back to her house to get her diary. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Do you not understand what is going on? It is so bizarre, people. There, Yeah, so Minmay, I think... Well, we'll get to Minmay in the end. But, um, in the end, it always goes back to Minmay. I know, it does always get back. But this is, ba- if you listen to Shipper Special Number 1, which was with Hawkgirl and Jon Stewart, we just ran through our top five, starting from five and then counting down to one. And we each have a different top five, and so we'll say it and then talk a little bit about it and then move on to our next one. And since some of you may not really know what Robotech is... Hopefully we're not turning people away, but I think this will be fun. But we're also going to give, you know, a short episode summary just to let you know sort of the circumstances going on. But I think Donovan did a good job of introducing you to what Robotech and especially the Macross saga is. Is there anything else you wanted to add before we get to our top five list? Well, I would like uh, sort of agree with what you said that, you know, I mean, this is I don't know how many of your listeners really are anime fans. And this series, we got to say, is really like. This is a really anime sort of change now. It's sort of like come, sort of coalescing something different than it used to be. And this is really sort of a specific era of anime in that it's really old school. And um, I think most people now sort of associate it with the current uh, iconography, which Robotech doesn't really have. And um, if people like comics generally, I think they'll really like this because, like you said, this show, for all of its um, random goofiness, does have a lot of really serious. Um, philosophical themes and honest discussion about the concepts of war and, you know, one's duty and how to live one's life and fulfill one's destiny. I mean, it legitimately is every bit as good as people say it is. Well, I mean, Stella might disagree. But (laughs) I think that um, even if no matter what we end up talking about at, at the end of the day, I would really, I didn't actually uh, ask you to watch this show, so I was surprised and pleasantly surprised and then disheartened and then happy at the end. That you- <laughs> so if anybody is vaguely interested, I would definitely give it a shot because it's, it's free to watch on uh, Netflix, YouTube, and Hulu, so yeah. definitely give it, a, give it a try. I think so, and I think you got to get, you can't really um, stop. If the first episode doesn't really catch you as much, I think you have to wait a few because, like I said, the first one, I was like, hmm, I'm not really sure. But, you know, I, I think you have to give everything sort of a chance. So, I mean, they're yeah. 20 minutes, so it's not too bad. But I, I did really get into it, and I enjoyed 
uh, the Lisa character and the Rick character and and Roy Folker I and everything. The, um, I think the series kind of gets into its own status quo because like the first several episodes kind of set up the series yeah, plot. Yeah, I think that like by episode six when Rick becomes a member of the Robotech Defense Force, it kind of gets into like where the the main book of the show is. So. I mean, it's just like a comic. I feel like some comics. There, there should be really awesome number ones, but sometimes they're just, like, setting up, so you got to wait a little while um, right. through the first arc to see if it's really something you like. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Well, at the end of the show, there's a surprise that even Donovan doesn't know about. What? Um, and I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it until we get there, but it's something that'll be great. And, uh, yeah, so something to look forward to or make Donovan sweat. Who knows? I'm literally shaking right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so our number fives. Why don't you go first, since you're the guest? What was your number five shipper pick? I chose, and this is hard because I was going over the episodes uh, the last couple of days, and I was really juggling them a lot because these are. It was a difference between like my favorite episodes and my favorite episodes that involve shipping. So uh, I, and you know, we might cross over because it's only thirty six. I chose episode twenty one, A New Dawn. You know. I feel as helpless as a caged animal. I know, Mr. and Mrs. Monkey, watching the people go by. I'm glad I'm here with you. You're not so bad yourself. Yeah? Yeah. After today, I have the feeling I could get to like you. That's funny, because I was thinking exactly the same thing. Attention, please! The enemy attack has ended. We will now be returning the ship to its normal mode of I'm afraid it's time to go back to reality. I'd better get back to the bridge. The transformation is over. I suppose. Let's not rush, okay? Um, it is a, uh, it is the debut of Lin-Man May's uh, oh. su- superstar movie with her uh, wacky cousin, Lynn Kyle. Um, Little White Dragon, and everyone's going to be there. Uh, Rick, who has, a, who has a, you know, sort of on again, off again, will they, won't they not really a well-defined relationship with Min Mei is seen there, but he kind of leaves in the middle because there's a kissing scene between her and her cousin and um, uh, runs into, in a rather hilarious way, uh, his commanding officer, Lisa. And throughout the episode, they kind of get stuck together because there's a, a battle and they're sort of sharing a bit of a, uh, a, a sort of a room. It's kind of hard to explain. And um, they end up talking and um, it's... It's a really nice episode. Um, it's sort of late in the series, like like it's ha- it's through the halfway point, and um, by that time things have sort of changed between them. But they sort of open up the idea that they could uh, grow closer because Lisa also has an attraction towards Kyle. I don't know why. <laughs> Doesn't but, Kyle remind her of her quote fiance end quote Carl? Yeah, Lisa, who when she was younger, she was I guess I suppose engaged like a, a grown man who went off to war and died. And she thinks that uh, Kyle, Lynn Kyle, physically resembles him. Now, Lynn Kyle is Min Mei's cousin who's totally against war. In fact, he's the biggest... <laughs> I don't want to watch my language on the show. He's the biggest jerk in the show. He's always talking bad about the soldiers. So her, it's like there's conflict there. And um, it's sort of like she can't have Kyle and Rick can't have Min Mei, but they find solace in each other. And, it, and it's really nice, and I quite enjoy it. <laughs> This 
this one did not make my top five list. Really? It did not. <laughs> um, <laughs> what do you think about it? What it was it was good. I mean, frankly, I am you know grossed out by the love scenes, as you know Wikipedia calls it, uh, in that small or little white dragon movie as well. And, and the weird thing is that her cousin. Uh, Minmay's cousin has feelings for Minmay, which makes it all the like, it's really weird. I have no is, idea what it's about. Yeah, I don't understand that either. So even though that was probably like just acting for her because she's naive, um, like oh for him, yes. he was probably actually really excited about it. But I do like just how uh, Rick and Lisa they really mirror each other here because they're both in two different ways really turned off by the movie and then in leaving the theater they find each other and in walking home and then yeah getting trapped into that the room that happens when the SDF1 transforms they're able to sort of bond over everything so it was the start I yeah I guess I I should have put this on there but uh I just knew right away my top fives so it didn't make it but it was the the best I think start for for these two to start um, having a a friendlier relationship more than just professional. It's also the first time that uh, Max lays eyes on Miri because she's walking by. He's like, oh, nice. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> uh, my top or my number five uh, was first contact. <laughs> really? Ep- yes, episode eleven. But how is this possible? Look, it's like the birds and the bees. It's no big deal. It's just the process of nature. When a female and a male love each other, it just happens. This love, what is it? How do you express it? Well, by kissing one another. And so we are to believe that's how Micronians are made? Why don't we see right now by having you both kiss one another? What? You can't be serious. There's no way I'm going to kiss him. Demonstrate this kissing or I'll crush all of you. Wait! I'll be the one to demonstrate. Mm, well, all right. Make sure you do. So, now, listen, Lieutenant Hunter, I want you to kiss me. Huh? I want to get their reaction on my video recorder. All right, then, but why don't you do it with Ben? Because I'd rather do it with you, Rick. Then you'd better make it a command. You will now proceed. I'm giving you a direct order. Whatever you say, Commander. Are you ready? Yes. Forgive me, Minmay. This results from protoculture? Rick, Lisa, and Ben, oh poor Ben Dixon, are captured and they're brought between the Zentradi leader Dolza. Mm-hmm. And, well, they witness the awesome power and destructive capability of their alien adversaries, but also discover their captors are mysteriously disturbed by something entirely different. And uh, this is what we call protoculture. <laughs> and they're just very disturbed by kissing, mostly. <laughs> and, well, they, they have no idea. At first, one of the Zentradi grabs Lisa and is squeezing her, thinking that, like, the, the protoculture will almost, like, come out of her. And they explain that, no, you know, we, we kiss, and he wants to know what kissing is. And Rick wants Lisa to kiss Ben, 
but she admits, no, I want to kiss you. <laughs> and <laughs> he said, I know. And he said, you better make it in order, Commander. And so they end up kissing. And of course, his Zentradi are really freaked out. It's comical to see their faces of how grossed out they are. But this was sort of that first moment uh, <laughs> between Lisa and Rick, I think that oh, I yes. thought was both comical and romantic at the same time, even though Rick probably was trying to think of Min May the entire time he was kissing Lisa. But I don't well, know. I, now I just think about protoculture. I remember making some Facebook comments about next time, you know, I get kissed by a guy, I'll be sure to thank him for the protoculture. <laughs> so it's just fun to think of it in that way. But, yeah, I just loved, I think that this may have been, like, a catalyst, especially on Lisa's side, because I think Lisa was always the one who may have known that she loved Rick before Rick did. So I think this may have been the one point that we really see her starting to have feelings for him, because he was always reticent and holding back, always sort of wanting Minmay, but not realizing that what he should want and what he did want deep down was Lisa. Well, this is also, like, I think this, this, uh, this it's, um... What is it? It's episode 10, 11, 12, 13. Sort of like a four-part story where they're captured by the Centrati. And this sort yeah. of starts our exploration of Lisa Hayes' character. Because I think that, up to that point, she was seen as sort of the, uh, like, the, the grouchy old, like, old, not old, older, you know, commanding officer woman who was always busting Rick's chops. And we see that she's a lot more layered and insecure at this point in the series, which is nice. It also has Max running around like like his his battleoid is dressed up like a Zentradi. Oh yeah, yep. <laughs> Which is kind of silly. <laughs> yeah, and so you have the and this is this the last episode arc that we have like our 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 buddies our three amigos Ben, Max, and Rick. Um, I suppose with all them hanging out because they they're together in episode sixteen, uh, Battle Cry or going by the Japanese title Kung Fu Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's where Rick gets shot down. And then after that, um, we have episode eighteen and nineteen, which are tragedy episodes. Yeah, some of my favorites. They were sad. Yeah. But uh, that was that was not on my list, so that was interesting to hear. You oh no! Well, that's good that that we've had some things that are not on the list. Oh yes, and, it, and it, it's an it's an iconic episode because I think the image of Rick and Lisa kissing that, which totally disgusts the aliens, is yes. really like like that's that's pretty much what the series is all about. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Because they're so desperate to get their hands on protoculture. In more ways than one. <laughs> I, oh gosh. You know, we were talking about the one and done episodes. What are your thoughts on those episodes that basically rehashes what has gone on? Why do you think they did that? The, um, you don't mind like the clip show episodes? Yeah. I know there was Global's Report, which is episode 14. And I don't, I, I don't remember if they did another one. I, they probably did because it was a long show. Um, that's not uncommon for anime. I remember uh, there's a show called Hajime no Ipa, which is a boxing series. And there was two episodes where they basically said, well, this is what happened so far in this series. And um, I know that like the original production of the series was scheduled for 48 episodes. But the show, this is during like when it was originally airing in Japan, the show actually had like a, a hard time finding a sponsor. And when it did find a sponsor, it could only produce so many episodes because of its budget. So it was originally going to end at episode uh, 27, which is, you know, that's like when, when Earth gets really attacked by Dolce's, Dolce's forces. But by that time, uh, the series had become very successful. So they actually came out with um, 10 more episodes. So I think that the... Uh, clip show episodes were sort of just to prolong the production delays so like you know they can actually have more money they can sort of recycle footage and save money okay but that's not very interesting so no well i wondered i wondered what those were about 
Well, what is your number four? My number four for this uh, wonderful show is episode 32, Broken Heart. Rick, please be careful. Chiron will stop at nothing. You know that. Look, I appreciate your concern, but we've been over the operation, and I'm sure there's nothing to be afraid of. I'm afraid you'll lose your objectivity. <laughs> Rick. Yes, I love her very much. I won't lie to you, Lisa, but I resolved my feelings about her a long time ago. We can never be together. I'm flying this mission as a pilot. And you're a good one, Rick. Just don't lose your perspective, that's all. I'm commanding an entire squadron. You think I jeopardize their safety just because of my feelings? Emotions are so compelling, I just can't be sure. What? It's nothing. Forget I said anything. I'll be back. Uh, good luck, Rick. Skull Leader, the flight deck is clear. We now have a green light for takeoff. Sorry, Rick. Please come home safely. This one is where, uh, this is after the big war is basically finished. And basically the, the main enemy from this point on is Chiron. And he's, you know, plotting and scheming. And has a really bright idea to kidnap uh, the Earth's one hope, Lin-Min May, and her annoying cousin Kyle. And hold, hold them for <laughs> ransom. <laughs> and says, you know, hey, give us the SDF-1 or we'll, you know, kill Min-May. And, um... Everyone's freaking out because that's the most important thing. Because if they destroy, you know, the Earth's one hope of, you know, morale and solace, then everyone will go crazy. So, um, basically the entire time, at this point, Rick has gotten a lot more cocky, you know, with his relationship with uh, Min Mei and Lisa. Lisa, who's starting to develop, develop feelings for Rick, doesn't really like his attitude. And so, so they have a lot of conflict. It's not so much Rick rescuing Min Mei as it is to me. Uh, Rick and Lisa's relationship because this is more of an action episode. It's not really romantic heavy, although there are definitely romantic scenes. The main point of the episode is for, is for Min Mei and Kyle to be saved. I like the scene when Rick's taking off, and uh, he's sort of like you know, like, yes, I love Min Mei. You know, yes, I don't like that she's in love with Kyle, but that's none of your business. And Lisa's actually trying to trying to get across her feelings, but he's not listening. And at the very end, when he spoilers, they do save Min Mei. Uh, and she and Rick sort of reconcile and hug and have a tender moment. She interrupts them <laughs> by saying, you know, can you please, you know, make sure that, like, basically do another assignment. He, he really, like, just yells at her and sort of basically balls her out. Yeah. And um, this is one of the more infamous scenes in the series because, for some reason, <laughs> like, Min Mei run, runs after Rick's Veritech crying, and then we have a weird close-up of Lisa, like, smiling and <laughs> do it. Say, <laughs> say, say the line. <laughs> Oh, Rick. Yeah, for some reason she says, oh, Rick, after you just <laughs> yelled at her. And she's smiling and crying at the same time. It's, it's rather odd. I guess the Japanese found it funny. But oh, um, There are some times that people, yeah, like their lines are really terrible. Well, ter like sad. or And their faces are smiling in the animation. That's happened a couple times, I think. It's, it's, it's a little bizarre. It's a weird dubbing thing. And it's also notable for this episode because for so long, these Uncharted are so abhorrent. Uh, I, have, I have a sort of a, 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 a really bad reaction to romance and love, mm -hmm. but uh, we see a scene of Chiron and Nazonia make out <laughs> in front of uh, Kyle and Minmay because they're drunk, and it's it's <laughs> it's, it's so weird because it's it's a nice uh, reflection of how the humans culture has sort of influenced them, but it's sort of a sick perversion of it, and they don't yeah. really take too kindly to seeing that. Yeah, I, I think that they don't really understand it as much. But I think in the end, especially when they sort of go on their death mission and 
drive their ship into the SDF, what was it, 2, I guess? It was FDF 1 and 2, I think. Oh, okay. I think that that time, just like holding hands, I think that they may have like finally understood sort of what it was and, and had a more, more of the human perspective of it. But I think this was just like for show. Didn't uh, Kyle grab Min Man, kiss her in this too? Or was that another episode? No, that, you're thinking of, um, I know what you're talking about. It was during when the, when the, when the fortress was under attack and like they're together and I think he hit his head or something. Oh, and, like, Rick yeah. sees it and he's really pissed off. Yeah, even though she, like, pushes him back. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, because he comes to save Minmay. Well, this is this is another ep. This has not made my list, which is actually great just because we're picking different ones. Um, I'm not I, surprised because it is, it is really an action show, but it has yeah. a lot of long-time uh, – consequences there are a lot of yeah different things but i agree that i think this starts off a lot of different ripples and especially the the yelling and this cocky rick really leads up to the next episode rainy night uh, because that starts off and lisa wanted to apologize to rick and he doesn't even let her get to it and just yells at her and then there's all this other stuff so <laughs> i remember that chiron and azonia stuff that is pretty weird but it's yeah it's a good episode it yeah it just didn't make my my top five that was always one of my favorites and, and I, like when i was younger it was it was mainly for action but now i'm older it's, it's mainly for like the soppy romance <laughs> Well, grab your pineapple salad because my (laughs) 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 yes, my number four is Farewell, Big Brother, uh, which was number eighteen. You realize how terrified I get every time you fly off on a combat mission. It's almost as if you pilots think that it's all some kind of wonderful game that you're playing when you go up in those Veritex. It has never been a game, Claudia. Maybe someday you'll understand that. Anyway, I've said what I had on my mind, and I promise that I'll keep my mouth shut about it in the future. Dinner's ready. What? Well, don't tell me I put you to sleep. Mm. Is anything wrong? Mm. Uh, 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 uh. <gasps> Roy? <gasps> well, Rick was shot down, as, as Donovan said when we were talking about Ben and Max and Rick, and he's recuperating in the hospital, and he hears Min May on the radio, and he really wants to see her, but she's, whatever, she's a big hotshot, and she's been filming some movies. So Roy ends up trying to convince Min May to take a break from her busy schedule and, and visit Rick, and of course, that woman decides, or girl, <laughs> she visits him but falls asleep on his bed. Not really too great. Um, so there's that, and then we've got sort of this introduction of but we've seen her before but Miria mm-hmm. and she's intrigued and she's as intrati but she's intrigued by Chiron and him telling her about this human ace pilot who could be more of a match for her and she wants to find out who this person is and it happens to be Max Sterling and it's really fine because he's not the best pilot it's just like these happy accidents that allow him to I don't know just come out the better for everything I think he and, is like one of the more skilled pilots in this series what? but some of it he's like oh I I didn't mean to do that. I don't know. He seems like he's sort of clumsier in the air, but I think by the end of the series, he is better. But I feel like Chiron's per- perception of him when he saw him, it was just like these accidents that happened and went his way. <laughs> but there ended up uh, being an attack, and Roy goes up, and he takes with him Max, and maybe Ben was with him as well. Ben, yeah. Yeah, and Miria goes right after Max, and they end up going through the city and everything. 
Uh, so that was their sort of first interaction, which I guess we'll see more of that. But unfortunately for Roy, he gets shot up badly. And this actually episode somewhat frustrates me as well because I, I think it it's very unrealistic. But he gets shot up, but he makes it back and he like leaves his cockpit and he goes over and he's dating another bridge bunny, as they call them, one of the females in the, the bridge. And I guess she's Commander Claudia Grant. Yeah. So she's making pineapple salad because he really wanted that. And he's playing on the guitar and she's saying that every time he goes up, she's afraid he won't come down. And then he ends up collapsing and we see like his, I guess we don't see it, but basically he had internal bleeding or he was just, he lost a lot of blood. And so he died. So Claudia (laughs) and Roy Foker are no more. And what's really sad is that Roy was the quote, big brother of Rick because they were together on, it was kind of like a, uh, it was uh, Rick's dad's flying circus. It yeah. was sort of like like an air show, and they kind of grew up like there. Yeah, and so, I mean, I love the fact that Lisa was the one that told Rick and was kind of there for him, but was not. I mean, she stood there. It almost reminded me of, like, the Mary Jane Peter Parker panel where he yells at her and then oh, she yeah. stays. But Rick doesn't yell at her, but she's the one who says it. But what frustrates me is the fact that no one noticed that Roy was beaten up. And maybe it was internal bleeding, but the fact that the doctors keep saying that he lost too much blood, I feel like they would have known right away that he was pretty beat up. Or he would have known and gone to a doctor and it would have been okay. But no, we have to kill this guy off while Claudia's making pineapple salad. It was pretty depressing. <laughs> His favorite. I know, but there are sort of three things. Yeah, you've got Claudia and Roy, which ends, which is kind of sad, but you don't really know too much about them until later on. I think you get more of a glimpse as to why she loved him so much. Mm -hmm. And then Lisa and Rick, uh, more in an emotional way, I think, than romantic, just her being there. And that was actually the second time that she visited him visited him in the hospital whereas Minmay didn't even come to see him so I thought that was great and then just starting off this Max and Miria, not really romantic but actually like the first interaction between the two of them and of course me watching it I had no idea what was gonna go happen between those two and the laughs that would ensue but that's why this made my number four that's you know I never I didn't put it on there that's actually one of my favorite episodes but I didn't put it on here for because I actually didn't think there was a lot of romance going on but when you just described it there's a lot of shipping <laughs> there's tons of it there's like you know lisa shows up at the beginning to apologizes because she's down in the dumps for gunning him down there's uh obviously roy dying in, in claudia's apartment there's minime showing up and falling asleep in the man's hospital bed which i think is like the, one of the rudest things ever i know <laughs> i love him man. um and there's Max and Miriam, it's like one of the most famous uh, aspects of the series, like the two uh, aces in their respective armies having a dogfight. And I really, I really like the scene where, like, I forget, I think it's Miriam crashes through a building, and it's mm-hmm. right under Rick's hospital room. Yeah. And he, he actually says, hey, it's Max. And, like, he actually sees Max take on. I think that's actually a really cool thing just to see. And um, it's, it's reinterpreted uh, really nice, I think, in, like, the uh, adaptional movie, Do You Remember Love? But we're not going to talk about that. Um, this is another one. Yeah, this is not on my list, but uh, I can see why. I'm, I'm surprised it's on your list because I remember you were really, you really annoyed 
Like, what? He's dead? I was what? just annoyed that, yeah, he died. I was like, they should have realized. Even the, the people, like the chiefs running around, looking, and then they look up, I guess, to fix his ship or whatever, and they see, like, I don't know what they see. We don't know. But they're like, oh, no. It must have been blood. But really, if he got out, there were all these people around. They would have seen him bleeding, and he should have been... I don't know. Why would you do that? That's. I just think that, that was one of the unrealistic things, along with taking your baby into space. <laughs> Those <laughs> are the, the two things that get my goat. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, what's your uh, number three? My number three is Season's Greetings, which is epi- the second to last episode, 35. I like I like the original name, Romanesque. I don't know what that means, but I think this sounds pretty cool. You see, Rick, I know you care. That's why I came. Please let me stay. I know it's a lot of trouble, but I won't get in your way. And I don't know who else to turn to. Oh, please, Rick. Please. Well, I guess it's all right. If you're sure you really want to. I can't believe this is happening. Okay. I had a really hard time shuffling my, my top three because... This is one of my favorite episodes, and, like, it was going between, like, number th- one, two, and three a lot. Like, this is going to be number two. Like, well, maybe this should be number one. And I had a really hard time knocking this down to three because, uh, I guess, it's sort of like uh, Broken Heart, where it's mainly an action show, but it has a lot of romance in it, which is basically Robotech in a nutshell. Yeah. Macross in a nutshell. And uh, it takes place, again, it's, it's close to the end of the series, but at this point, Min Mei and Kyle have... Uh, of split apart and she is actually really not liking her uh her status as a pop idol and so she kind of <laughs> she goes missing <laughs> wouldn't you know and shows up at rick's place and this is after a lot of drama that rick's been sorting out with lisa where lisa and rick have sort of like you know make, they always make these dates and they always like you know break them or something stupid happens or rick does something stupid and uh lisa always tries to forgive him and so she Lisa in the middle of a snow because this takes place on Christmas. She, I think it's uh, this particular scene is on Christmas Eve, like the night before Christmas. So she walks towards to Rick's apartment and um, to wanting to apologize and really give it one last go because she's tried so much in the last ten episodes with this guy. And she hears Min May through his door pouring her heart out at Rick. Yeah. And it's it's literally one of my favorite scenes in the series where Lisa is like they're both Lisa and Min May are in tears for for, for different reasons and Lisa is like, like leaning against the wall like like barely able to breathe and she just starts running away and it cuts to a scene of claudia like at a bar toasting to roy who has passed on that point and she sees lisa singing a min may song drunk like oh boy johnny her johnny her sorrows like stage fright go <laughs> so bad <laughs> it's really it's it's sad but it's like really it's good stuff and yeah. um like it, for a long time throughout the series rick has had a lot of love for Min May, but Min May, whether she doesn't notice or she's too dense, doesn't really uh, respond to it. But I think by this time she does. And so when she's staying over at Rick's place and she wants him to quit the Robotech force because it's too dangerous and he comes home and she makes a cake and, and they kiss. It's, it's really, really nice, but it's also has a lot of conflict considering Lisa. So I really had a hard time putting this number three, but this is absolutely one of the most lovey-dovey episodes and a really good episode in its own right. Yeah, another one that did not make my list. Really? Uh, 
can you, would you believe? Yeah, but you're picking all of these crazy Minmay-centered ones. Of course, those may not make my list as much. How could I not? You know what's great about Minmay is, like, after this confession, she just, like, turns into, like, these 1950s Donna Reed and, like, a housewife making all these sorts of things and yeah, that was cooking weird. and stuff for, for Rick. Um but, you know, it's almost as if she, she finally became an adult because I feel like mm-hmm. she's naive, I guess. And it's she's so naive that sometimes she comes off as stupid and she's really ditzy in the first part because she is younger. I guess 16, I think, is the age they gave her at the beginning. Uh, well, she had, she, had, she had episode eight celebrates her 16th birthday. Yeah. So, which I guess you can understand some of the things, but she's just very naive about war and like what, what should be done. And it's almost as if the world only revolves around her and what she's doing. Uh, but I think this point, maybe she actually turns into an adult and she realizes what she wants and that she wants Rick. But of course, in the end, it, it's tough because she doesn't really accept Rick for who he is and what his main desires are but it's really heartbreaking yeah to see that scene where lisa hears everything and i can't really imagine what that feels like but it looked really rough (laughs) (laughs) i know um well i've never had such a personal experience where i'm seeing that but also it was very rough to watch her singing a minmay song that was the ultimate betrayal. <laughs> I know, but yeah. So it didn't make my list, but I, I can see why you like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my number three was Rainy Night. Okay. Which actually happens a couple episodes before. It was episode 33. Yes. Prince Charming's here. <sighs> Coming. <sighs> Go on now and take this with you. It's a great little icebreaker. Hey, come on, it's pouring out here. Don't keep him waiting, Lisa. Huh? Good night. I understand perfectly. Just don't let too much time go by before telling him. Before telling him what? How do you feel about him, silly? Uh, you aren't going to be too cold, are you? Oh, no. Are you? No, I was just thinking it might be a little more comfortable for you if we took a cab. No, that's all right. I kind of enjoy walking. Oh, I do too. I walk a lot at uh-huh. night. That's great. It's terrific exercise, you know. Rick, I'd like to talk with you seriously about some very important things. I'm not sure if this is a good time. Well, I guess now's as good a time as any. My place is right down here, but I don't have anything to offer you. Hmm? Don't worry, Rick. I've got just the thing right here. Hey, you're a lifesaver, Lisa. Mm-hmm. And so Rick Hunter and Lisa Hayes set out on a new road towards compassion and understanding. This is this is right after uh, a broken heart, where like the whole kidnapping thing, where he yells oh, at right, Lisa. Right, right, yeah. So Lisa's distraught over Rick and Minmay's uh, mutual feelings for each other, and to cheer her up, uh, Claudia Grant happens to bring her to her own quarters, and then recounts the story of how she met Roy Foker. And actually at the end, because he realizes, well, Rick realizes something that, I don't know if he realizes everything, but he ends up finding Lisa and they walk home in the rain and sort of talk, which was a in nice the ending. rain. I know. Um, <laughs> Claudia and Roy, when this first started and 
at least the first two scenes of her talking about Roy and how she met him, and then he asked her out on a date, but there were three other girls in the Jeep with him. <laughs> and I was just like, really, is this how we're going to do it? And now he seems more like a jerk rather than this pineapple salad loving guy that <laughs> guy but it's really the the next time the next scene that we see where she was sleeping in bed and she, at that time she was uh roommates with lisa and roy's calling her on the phone and he's outside and he wants to talk to her and he basically tells her that he's batman because <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> it's true because see awesome. it's connected to BTO. I had to do it once. Because he um he sort of puts on this facade because he is also really frightened every time he goes up he's wondering if it's gonna be the last time. And so he just puts on this sort of Playboy esque mask. But really, he actually is not that kind of guy, and he actually really cares for Claudia. And so I think at this point, they just reach um, a nice point and an actual understanding. And I think this is probably really where you get to see who Roy Foker is and why those two got together. So it was great because we didn't really know their history, and it was weird to wait till so long to show what their history was. But I think it came at a good point because Lisa was so down in the dumps anyways that it showed that, you know, two people, if they're meant to be together, they're they're going to be together. So I think it was a way to give her hope that um, Rick will come around when he's like, when he finally realizes. And then it ends, I think, on a happy note, just the two of them walking home in that rainy night about to share some tea. We should say that, like, like the last, because the, they extended the original uh, episode order, the last 10 episodes are really, really, I think the, the majority of, like, uh, our list might come down to the last 10 episodes because they're really super heavy. And they really concentrate on Lisa's feelings for Rick more so than like the rest of the series did, mm-hmm. which um, I didn't really notice until I saw it the second time a couple of years ago, like how much the series focuses on Lisa yeah, and how much she cries every episode. Oh, yeah. I, that's another one that's not – if this was a top ten list, that would be on my list because it's yeah. obviously it's, – it, it's very clear how romantic it is, but – I like the other ones that I chose better, but it's it's absolutely a uh, integral episode for history for the history's sake. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, what is your uh, your number two? Oh, real quick before before we move on, I, if I've not oh, mentioned yeah. before, the episode where Roy dies, the original episode, for, yeah. the original episode title for that was Pineapple Salad, which I Pineapple Salad. Yep. Codename Death. Uh-huh. My number two, and this is another one that kind of went across the gamut in terms of where it ranked. But I watched it again last night, and I was like, "Man, this is this is really good." And <laughs> I'm gonna try to turn my my uh, headphones down because I think it's just still on my screen. But it is episode four, "The Long Wait." Uh, original title: Lin Min May. We're never going to make it out alive. We're gonna be here forever. We've huh? been here too long. They'll have forgotten about us by now. Min May, I don't want to hear that kind of talk. It's true. We've just got to face it. We'll live our entire lives here in this ship. I'll never know what it's like to walk down the aisle as a bride. Min May. What? You will. I'll help you. How are you going to do that? Well, uh, we could do it right here. We could pretend. Okay. Then you really mean it? Then let me borrow your scarf. This might be the only veil I ever get to wear in my life. What do you think? Ah, Minmay, you look beautiful. I, uh, well, I guess I should be the groom, huh? 
Okay. Uh, is this what we do next? Oh, Rick, why doesn't someone come and find us? I've got to get home! You're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing me, man. Oh, I don't know if our friendship's gonna last this podcast. I doubt it will. <laughs> oh, is... God! <laughs> I can't believe you took this one. We're, oh, stupid uh, fish! <laughs> That's a big tuna fish. Okay, I'm sure the listeners are like, "What the hell?" This episode is episode four. This is sort of like also setting up the series, but um, during the space fold for the SDF one, which uh, stuck them near Pluto in outer space, away from planet Earth. And Macross City with 70,000 civilians along inside of it. Rick Hunter and Lindman May, who just met, are trapped on the inside of the SCF-1 and are alone for, I think, 12 days. And um, they get to know each other. They've just met. Rick is, at that point, not a fire pilot, but just a, 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 a flyer. And she is not a pop idol. She's just, you know, a normal teenage girl. And, um, you know, they're sort of stranded. Uh, Roy is, you know, harassing uh uh, at that point, Captain Global to find them, but he, they have more important things to worry about. And throughout the episode, it gets more and more into Rick and Min Min. And it really sets up Rick's feelings for Min Min because they're just, you know, they're strangers at this point. And so they had to find a way to, you know, make a shower for one thing and um, find food and protect each other from mice. And all the time, Rick is uh, confident that they'll be found, but Min Min, which I thought was interesting, uh, isn't so confident. So she's usually so bubbly and happy that she's, 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 she's uh, for the most part, saying, oh, we're for sure going to die. <laughs> um, so throughout the days, they start saying what they all, what, they, what the, both of them like to do. Uh, Min Mei has dreams of being a famous actress and singer, and what she would like to do is sing. And um, she starts singing. This is one of her many times she starts singing. And um, I think Stella would be remiss if she didn't insert one of Min Mei's songs in this episode, but I wouldn't blame her if she didn't. <laughs> and um, uh, they try to find food. At one point, they find a gigantic tuna fish outside in space. Min Min nearly kills Rick uh, for for going out there and, and um, finding it. it. Has to hold his breath in outer space. Um, at the end of the episode, Min Min starts to lose her mind <laughs> and starts freaking out, saying, "We're never gonna get out of here, Rick. What am I gonna do? I've got to go home." <laughs> and Donovan starts laughing in her voice, and. Um, so she she has also has has dreams of becoming a bride, which come out of nowhere. So Rick says, "Why don't we pretend to get married?" Oh. <laughs> so uh, the lights are dim, and the, and the, because of the candle, and um, he she takes his neckerchief or his scarf, puts it over her head, and it looks like a bride, it looks like Mary <laughs> for some reason, and he takes her hand, and uh, assumes the role of a of a of a groom. And she starts just yelling and crying, and he says, "I'm trying my best." And he says, "And he says, don't worry, Min Min, I'll take care of you." And they start to kiss, and then for some reason, a missile uh, shoots down from the ceiling, and like they're found out by the rest of the civilians, and um, they're saved. And um, it's interesting because from that point on, Min Min acts completely oblivious to all that romantic tension. Exactly. She says, "Goodbye, Rick. Thanks for the lulls." <laughs> <laughs> what the lols we had like literally the next episode she's like oh he's just a friend and rick gets rather irritated by that as any as any self-respecting man worth the salt would um and it really does set up rick's feelings for her because we don't really know her feelings for him for a while not even until like the dolls a fight where he confesses his love to her 
And she says, well, I'm sorry, I never knew about that. But then at that point, she sort of, sort of recognizes her love for him. But in this episode, it's sort of like, I think this is actually the closest they've ever come, even considering the last episode, in terms of romance. And it, it's really nice, I think. I really like, I really like uh, their sort of stranger tension, which eventually leads them to have a really long-lasting friendship and relationship, um, which sets up a lot of the, the, the series themes and... Um, I, th- I don't think you can have Robotech without this episode, basically. I mean, they even did an adaption of this in the movie where they sort of truncated it where he was already a pilot and she was already a, uh, a pop star. But they sort of had the setup for their romance later on. Um, but I want to hear from Stella because she clearly hates this character and hates this episode. <laughs> this episode did not make my list, and for good reason. <laughs> 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 I, I, oh, yeah. No, but, you know, I, I will give it what you're saying, though, is that... Um, I think perhaps this episode is better than when she sort of is pretending to be housewife because they're sort of almost in a vacuum. Like, none of the outside world is intruding on them. And I think that would be the way that they would be able to last is if, you know, the war didn't exist or all these outside forces Ah. didn't exist, they'd be able to do this. Um, But this is just the exact reason why she was just an obnoxious character for me. (laughs) And, yeah, she's 15, so I guess I can... But it's just like what is she talking about and all this stuff and these ups and downs. She's like a manic depressive, just like really, I wish she had really high highs and then all of a sudden she she starts going batty. I'm losing it. I I just don't know how I made your list. I guess I know because he's a, you know, a Lin May uh, apologist. Well, Lin May is a character who I think that like a lot of people, at at least in North America, really dislike for obvious reasons. She's, she's not very bright. She's kind of whiny. She's selfish. She's naive. Um, she's a really high pitched voice, and she, because she's a star, she gets a lot of love un- that some would say undeserved. But um, I do think that uh, once you kind of see from a different perspective, she's actually a very sympathetic character. Uh, I talked about this with Thomas Madison. He comes off on a completely different uh, perspective in terms of like he thinks that. Uh, Kyle ruined things for Minmay and Rick. I don't know if I agree with that, but um, I think that Minmay is a character who she's loved. She's absolutely beloved in Japan, and mm-hmm. like uh, the voice actress Mara Ijima, I believe her name is, um, became a, to- a total celebrity overnight for voicing and singing her voice. And I think that Minmay, whether her personality sucks or not, actually does provide a really good uh, tool for the series in terms of you know bridging uh, love and war. And I think that. As a character herself, especially during the end of the last episode, she ends up being more sympathetic than I think that you might have expected her to be throughout the series. I will agree with that. Yeah, and she's really the reason why some of those Zentradi decide to stop fighting and almost sort of go against the system. It's all because of her and her voice. And her voice does, you know, give people, I think, um, the will to, to push on and almost as if times were not in war. Do you think, though, she acts as if, like, this war isn't happening and <laughs> that it's just times, regular times as usual, and she just doesn't care as much about what is actually going on? Would you say that that character does that? Well, you know, it's a, that's a good point because her dream was becoming a pop idol, and she did, but she did it in a time of war where that sort of thing was sort of really uh, welcome and nourishing to the people's morale. So I think as a teenager... She might not have understood that because clearly near the end of the uh, series, when she's faced with Rick's duties, she doesn't really get it. And like, um, 
and like literally in like do you remember love rick has to slap some sense into her which yeah. i don't really care for seeing but like i i think that essentially she might not understand the gravitas even though it's a serious galactic world where people literally die every episode mm-hmm. and you see it every episode but i think that she eventually does but for the majority of the series she's sort of wrapped up in the high life of being uh miss macross and being you know people's hopes and dreams which she eventually sort of re- it's sort of like a spider-man no more thing with her in uh romanesque uh slash season's greetings when she says she doesn't want to see anymore and rick says that's crazy talk but i think that i, th- I think she's a complex well, maybe not complex character but i think that she's a a layered and developed character more so than i think people tend to realize but most of the characters in the series are so i think that uh she is more than meets the ears yeah, I think I would have been f- uh, better with this episode, especially with the remain the the way that it ended. That she leaves and she's like, "Bye, Rick." And then whenever and you faints. know, talking about friends and everything, if that whole like marriage scene didn't happen, because I think, <laughs> well, because I think up to then, like you saw Rick and he was showing that he had he was attracted to Min Man, especially you know the shower scene, almost trying to peek. But like she falls asleep on his shoulder and it all up to then seemed like very innocent, uh, friendly love. But then it just took this turn which was very bizarre. And, <laughs> and then yeah, the, you know, this random missile comes out of nowhere. I guess we could call that a Deus Ex Machina. So to, to wrap up the episode and then Min May goes off on her happy way and then it's just I think that poor Rick, after that, like, his heart is really in it for Min-Mei, and Min-Mei just goes off on her girly way, and that was just sort of something that happened. And so each time, I think she calls him a friend, or doesn't visit him, or just is naive and just not knowing what's going on. It's like a stab to his heart. She falls asleep in his hospital bed. Uh, uh, ben, yeah. Dixon, ben Dixon's burned to death, and she calls, Hi, Rick. I heard. You, I hope you heard that I uh, fell asleep, and uh, I'm okay. And he hangs up on her yeah. out of disgust. Yeah. Oh, boy. Awesome. <laughs> well, that did not make my list. My number two was episode 36, To the Stars. Ah. It's true. Lisa. I mean, Captain. Hi, Lisa. I came to say goodbye. You see, new orders were just handed down. I'll be going into deep space soon. It's true, I can't believe it, but Admiral Glovel has given me the command of my own battle fortress. Isn't it wonderful? It's like a dream come true, my own command at last. Aren't you happy for me, Rick? When are you leaving? Tomorrow. My assignment is to try to find the home of the Robotech Masters, wherever that may be. Admiral Global is hoping that we may discover the source of Robotechnology. If we're successful, we could develop defenses that would be invulnerable to any future attacks by the Zentradi or anyone else. It won't be easy, of course, and all of us realize this mission will probably keep us in deep space for several years. I'm not fooling myself about it. I realize it's possible we may never come back. I'm sure you'll be successful. Thank you. Goodbye now. It was a real honor to meet you, Miss Minmay. Thank you. I mean it. Your music has been a great inspiration to us all. I hope you and Rick will be very happy uh, together. Thank you, Lisa. And uh, now, Rick, I have just one more thing to say. I love you. I always have. And I always will. Oh, please forgive me, Minmay. But I may never see him again. And I had to tell him. I understand. Take care of him for me. Bye, Rick. Lisa, I... I don't know what to say. 
I, I mean, I... Good luck, Captain Hayes. God be with you. Thank you. I have to hurry. My crew is waiting. Goodbye. Hey, wait a minute. Lisa! Come back! I can't wait. go! What about me? So emboldened by the protoculture matrix, which probably means nothing to you if you've never watched a show, <laughs> uh, Chiron decides to take one last stab at the SDF-1, and Azonia is there with him. Lisa, she wants to resign from the service. I think this is after she gets um, a brow beating from Rick again. He yells at her. Probably. Uh, Lisa decides to resign uh, because she doesn't really want to work with Rick anymore. But then Admiral Glowval decides uh, that he's going to assign her to lead a mission to find the Robotech Masters which of course leads into the next series and then so this battle with Chiron coming down it basically affirms Rick's feelings for Lisa uh, but Minmay is left hanging and of course he goes off on his ship and before Lisa goes off to take up her command she says you know I'm going to be leaving and I just want you to know I love you Rick I always have and of course I know and she says I'm sorry Minmay because Minmay's right there in the door <laughs> uh, which actually now that you know I'm thinking about it in that episode season's greetings that yes. you I mean it's almost like a reversal because yes. now Lisa is, you know, talking to Rick. And in the end, Rick runs after Lisa and Minmay's standing there. So it's almost the exact same thing, except Lisa and Minmay have switched positions. But in the end, Rick goes with Lisa because he just comes to realize that Minmay is not really going to understand his life as a pilot. And that's part of who he is. And that was something that Lisa and Rick always had in common because... They're both, you know, just always dealing with war and have this military background. And I was I was very happy to see these two end up together. I do have to say I felt bad for Minmay. And oh, you do sort have a of, heart. Well, oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, you, just sort of how it ended. I mean, it, it wasn't like the best ending or anything, but I still, still the character... She's not glowing. She's not going to get a glowing recommendation for me because she's still, like, fighting against him, saying, no, Rick, you don't have to go as the city is being destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously. He's got a, you know, he's got a duty to uphold, and I think that's part of his character. He's, he's a great character, and he'll always sort of serve and protect, and Lisa certainly understands that. And of course, Lisa's off, and she almost gets killed, and he's freaking out about that. And But in the end, they make it together, and the sun sets and there they are in front of his uh, his ship. So that's so this is my number two. I thought it was a happy ending for Rick and Lisa, but you know, and and kind of a happy ending for Minmay because even though she's sort of brokenhearted, she is going to go on with her career and and still service people in the way that she knew how. This was very, 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 very nearly my number one. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 literally up to the last minute, and I was actually watching this an hours ago, and laughing uproariously every time Minmay <laughs> whined. <laughs> There's at one point where literally, I think either Rick or Lisa says, "We're fighting for the future of uh, humankind," and then responds, "There is no future." <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh! Yeah. Like and like the scene where um like there's there's missiles going off everywhere, and. Um, she literally grabs Rick and Rick says like like he looks around like matter like like men may let go someday I understand and men may like zooms into the camera no! I know <laughs> that makes yeah. me laugh no um, yeah. but yeah I mean this this I agree with you I, I mean this was so close because it's been a while since seen the last episode most because I don't have the, this issue. And most of the episodes sort of ring in my head, but like this one, when Lisa confesses her love and says, you know, 
she says, you know, oh, I'm going. She, you can tell she's almost trying to fight back tears. Like, I have my new command now, and we won't see her for a long time. And nice meeting you, and May. And now, Rick, I have something I want to say. <laughs> I love you. I always have, and I always will. Oh, I'm sorry, May. <laughs> With that voice of hers. Um, it's it's really good. And I like, I like when Rick finally mans up and says, hey, I love you, too. And, um... It's a nice scene, and I, I the scene at the end where they kind of you know reconcile and Minmay goes off. I really feel bad for her because when she like you know kisses him on the cheek and says goodbye, and there's a shot where she kind of turns to the camera and closes her eyes and walks away and like is never seen again. That's actually uh, the, considering all the things that the characters went through. That actually really makes me feel bad for her because it's 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 a, I like the ending overall. It's a nice ending, but it's sort of like a bittersweet ending because even though she was a ditz. You know, yeah. she 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 wasn't you know malicious with her her. No, of course idiocy. no. So it's, it's that was Kyle for sure. Absolutely, and and I do I do really enjoy uh, just that, and I like I like the like the final shot of them uh, Rick and Lisa together over the remains of the SDF one, which eventually is revealed uh, in future installments of Macross. But yeah, no, this was I was gritting my teeth uh, finding out where to put some of these episodes, and that was so for the longest time my number one, but. I had to kind of like, you know, really be honest with myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, was that your number two? Uh, no. I had to like okay. eventually excise it all together, but okay. it's an honorable That's mention. That's okay. So what is your number two? Well, uh, oh, we're on number two now. Aren't we? Oh, you're right. Oh, we're this is one. your, yeah, I'm sorry, because you go first. Yeah. So this is our number one pick. Uh, before I mention my number one, can I list off, uh, Two or three, I think one of two honorable mentions. Sure. Uh, well, To the Stars is an honorable mention. Um, Wedding Bells is an honorable mention. Mm. <laughs> Which eventually I just had to cut that all together because I, I wasn't being serious. But I, you can't uh, not mention the romance between Max and Miria. Of and course. The ridiculous wedding. I mean, I, I agree with Stella. That was, that was redonkulous, that whole thing. <laughs> Although I do like the fact that Max apparently got his skills from playing video games. I think that's pretty awesome. Um, and also the, the, do you remember love, uh, movie to me is, I, I mean, I would put that on my list because one of my favorite scenes in the entire franchise is honestly when, um, Min May comes back from like being in captivity of the Zentradi. And by that point, Rick and Lisa have already kind of gotten together. So she is still, she actually is, is in love with him and he doesn't know how to feel about her. So she meets him in his quarters and like, He's, you know, trying to make small talk and make her coffee, and she, like, like grabs his uh, back and says, I love you. I don't care what happened with, between you and that woman. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. then, like, he's not sure how to respond, and then Lisa comes up. And I remember watching this with you, and you said, I can't take this right now. <laughs> <laughs> that was just such a sweet scene. And even at the end when she's begging, you know, Let's ev- let everybody die and let's be together, and he smacks her. It's a really well uh, revisioning of the series, and I really adore it. I think you and I might have the same number one. I don't think so. Uh, well, I, t- I hope we do. My number one. <laughs> you have me suspense. I hear, I hear the drum, uh, the drum roll. Yeah. My number one is episode thirty-four, Private Time. Well, stranger, it's about time. I didn't even know if you'd still be here. Some really urgent personal business came up that I had to take care of. Well, it's much too late to go on a picnic now. It's a shame, really, because I spent all morning cooking. It's the first time I've had a chance to do that for years. I'm really sorry, Lisa. You should have called me, Rick. I've been waiting here for hours. I tried to call you more than once. Well, you're here now. 
We can at least take a walk, right? Yeah. Do we have to say number one? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Really? <laughs> but I'm just thinking about poor Lisa sitting there. Please explain to listeners what private time is about. Private time is by far the sexiest episode. And by that, I mean not, not at all. Um, where this takes place after a rainy night. Like, a lot of these episodes are near the end, like, sort of, they're sort of consecutive. And Rick, uh, I think at one point Vanessa said, you idiot, Lisa's in love with you. And so he, he thinks about that and says, well, let's, let's go out on a date. Let's go to um, a park and have a picnic. So they both are getting ready at the very start of the episode. Lisa cooks a lot and gets there early about 1030 in the morning. Rick gets a call from Minmate. She says she's in town and she uh, coerces him to uh, spend some time with her. I'm sure wh- whoever you're waiting on won't mind, she says. So um, he goes over and uh, hangs out with her at a, at a restaurant. And she's still kind of being weird, uh, <laughs> as she tends to be. Kyle shows up, you know, pissed off as always. Um, and just, yeah, this is actually a hard scene to watch, but he says, you know, come on, you should be here, uh, you should be at this place an hour ago. Don't you have any idea how long we've been waiting for you, you stupid bimbo? And, um, throws water in her face because she fakes being drunk, and, uh, before Rick can knock his block off, he says, you know, she's a pop star, she has obligations. And the entire time this is happening, Lisa is sitting alone, <laughs> uh, waiting for Rick. He gets holed up by, uh, a, 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 an obligatory Zentradi battle because I think every episode has to have a fight, which we don't ever mention, but there is that happens, so that holds up even more. He eventually meets with her, like, I think she was there for like 12 hours, and um, they have a walk because it's too late to have a picnic. And then she realizes that he's wearing a scarf that Min got him. She recognizes from oh. the perfume. <laughs> oh, the original version, like, there is actually uh, an inscription saying uh, LM loves HI, which means she loves him. And um, she runs away in abject disgust. Meanwhile, Minmay finally skies in front of an audience that she can't sing anymore and quits. Uh, Kyle balls her out but says that she has a really precious gift that she would just open up her heart. She can share with the whole world and become the greatest star ever and leaves her forever. And the episode ends with a, a black and white silhouette of her crying. And it sounds really sad, but it's also really... I think it encompasses a lot of Robotech's uh, central theme of romantic conflict more than anything i mean there's obligations to the, the to uh the military and the war and there's obligations to your people and your fans but you know it's a lot like spider-man his obligatory marvel reference if you have if you want one thing you can't necessarily have the other and so a lot of these uh a lot of these characters have to sort of like decide what they want and how they're going to get at it because this episode leads into um this episode follows a rainy night and it leads into season's greetings so I think it, it's ultimately sad, but I think ultimately it really, really works well. And it's really, really, it, it, it shapes a lot of characters. And, and if nothing else, we, we see the last of Lane Kyle, which, which, which was satisfying to see. And, uh, and that, leads, that leads into Lisa going over at his place and then seeing Minmay there and, you know, getting drunk. And it's sad, but I, I like it for that reason. If we're going to do this kind of list, I think it... it it earns a spot at number one above a lot of really, really heavy contenders. This was very, this was not an easy list to make. Like, I had a lot more of an easy time doing the Justice League episodes than this because the last ten episodes are really, really, really like soap opera esque, and it all depends on which characters you're rooting for and and uh, if you like seeing Min May humiliated, <laughs> which I don't. Yeah, but no, and yeah, I, I hope no one really enjoyed even people who hate Min May because I I don't know if I. I guess maybe I say I hate her, but I just don't like her. But I do have sympathy for her. But that was, I, I don't think, 
I I did not enjoy that scene at all, and I hope even people who hate Mime didn't see it because that was just really abusive yeah. the way Kyle was treating her and yeah throwing water in her face. I'm too tipsy. I couldn't possibly speak to reporters. Well, this will sober you up and throws water in her face. I I just uh, poor Lisa sitting there. I'll wait a little longer. <laughs> She's like, she says I've been waiting. All, I've wasted the entire day waiting for like, maybe just ten more minutes. <laughs> so, I know. It cracks me up. I mean, girls, please do not wait that long for a date. You gotta do like the college professor rule: maybe fifteen minutes or twenty. I don't Girl. know. Girl. <laughs> oh boy, but I think it was yeah, a pretty serious episode overall, and even with the Minmay section, I I don't think that. She was ditzy at all in this episode. It's very, yeah, very sympathetic and sad episode. But Kyle was gone, and I was excited about that. Uh, but it just leaves a lot of a lot of doors open. And it's funny you mentioned how about about in the original version, you actually see the the letters on the uh, the scarf. I find that hilarious. And it's funny when you watch it on Hulu or wherever you may watch it, it's like, you can't even see it. It's cut so fast on the English version. And the dub is that, I smell her perfume on you. (laughs) (laughs) For some reason, she memorized his perfume. I know. Lisa, Lisa, Lisa. So this one actually did not make my list. So I guess this would be like a, a, what is it called? What did you call it? Uh, honorable honorable mention. mention. Honorable mention. Did we have any of the same? I was totally expecting us to have a lot. No, we didn't. Which is fine. Well, because last time we had a lot of the same. Yeah, I'll listen to that again. Yeah, our perspectives, I guess, are wildly different here. But I think it was great that we had different ones, though, because we were able to have a wider range of episodes. So hopefully people get interested in the series then. But Private Time would make my list of honorable mention, I think, and I also think I, I would agree with that that movie. Um, it was sort of tough. Some some of the subtitles went by really quickly. I remember when we were watching, so it'd be good to watch again. But I thought that was a great way to adapt all of these episodes into one movie. And I do love the scene with with Rick and Lisa as they're sort of on their own. It was great. oh, like in the in the little like makeshift diner. That that is very yeah. sweet. Yeah. So, and, which is similar to when, you know, Rick and Minmay were trapped because, again, they're sort of devoid of all these outside forces and the world can't really get in on this private place for them and everything's able to work. But, yeah, I remember that scene where she, uh, where Minmay grabs him from behind and then you've got that whole confession scene. But it works out better for Lisa in that scene than it did in this series. I think Minmay's a lot more sympathetic in that, even in that yeah. movie, because she, she gets a raw deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I gotta, I gotta hear my number one, would you, would you believe wedding bells? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm driving over the road. Oh. Episode 25. Jeez, it's getting late. I hope she's all right. I can't believe I asked her to meet me here in the park. A girl at night. She could get mugged or something. Maximilian, prepare for your doom! Maria, there you are. It's nice to see you can make it. Huh? Ah! Ah! Hey, are you crazy? I am Quadrano leader Miria Perina, Zendrati Air Force. There goes our first date. You're such a fool! Fight for your life! My life? But why attack me? I will have my revenge! Ah! Ah! I'm afraid I don't know what this is all about. 
What do you mean revenge? If you're a Zentradi, I understand why you must fight. But why do you want revenge? I have reasons! Huh? Ah! I'm lost to you again. Mm. This is a shame I cannot endure. End my life. Please. Huh? Please do it now. But I... But I couldn't. You're so, so beautiful. This is gonna sound crazy, but will you marry me? Marry? What's marry? It's something no words can describe. Miria, it's love, and that's the most beautiful thing there is. Why did I pick this? People maybe because it's the most ridiculous episode <laughs> I have ever seen in my life. You yeah. deceived me. Oh man, you know, first Max, yeah, getting his fighter pilot skill or my yeah, God. fighter pilot <laughs> skills from playing arcade games. So he happens in the previous episode he happens to be playing Miria and you know, in her head she hears, "Oh, he's a good pilot." Of like arcade games would tell you that. But he ends up beating her, and she freaks out and is really upset. And he says, please, meet me in the park. And he tells her to meet her in the morning. So let's ignore the fact that this episode, he says, I shouldn't have asked a female to come to the park at 9 p.m. at night. So, <laughs> so anyways, she ends up coming, but probably not the way that uh, he first envisioned as she pulls a knife on him and goes to, to attack him because she she just not like being um, thwarted or embarrassed by a, a puny human. Uh, so there's a duel at one point between two knives, and then he ends up disarming her, and she's like, okay, you know, go for the kill. I'm done being embarrassed. And... The <laughs> I can't even get through this without laughing. They end up being in an embrace and they somehow float. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love this show. It's the most ridiculous thing. They're floating and she's crying and I, I guess she falls in love with him at that moment. Somehow. And then he asks her if she'll marry him and she <laughs> says, what is Mary? And he said, oh, it's only the greatest thing there is. It's love. <laughs> and so they end up getting married through like a 26 Robotech gun salute. And then um, Gloval has a speech, which is like really negative. Like, I know the Zentradi have been killing us and fighting us, <laughs> but look at this. And then he shares results that humans and Zentradi are the the same and hopefully this can be something for peace and a future. But of course, then there's an attack of course, this is also when some of Britai's people actually start saying, no, I'm not going to fight. Oh, right. But Max ends up going out and, oh gosh, I forgot, Minmay sings some, uh, some romance songs at the wedding, which was great for Rick to be in the audience to hear them and long for her. But Max ends up going out and fighting, and then Miria says that I'm going, you know, where you go, I go, and so they fight. And she ends up having a complete change of heart from being this, like, cutthroat killer to end, ending up telling him to sort of shoot at Wes, um, 
Oh, like, like disarm them and stuff? Yeah, disarm and, instead of killing them. So really go for peace. Uh, I did forget to mention, I guess before this wedding, the most ridiculous thing, well, besides all the other ridiculous stuff, is that Max goes to Rick, and he's saying, I'm going to get married. And Rick is like, wait, you just met this girl. And he said, I know. And she's in Trotty, but I love her. And then in comes Miria out of her, like, jumpsuit in this, like, white cotillion-looking dress. And I'm just thinking to myself, wait, when did this full, like, culture immersion happen? She looks like this girl that's been living there all the time. And then Rick, after seeing her, says, why, I get what you're saying, Max. You know, (laughs) you can go go ahead with that wedding, and I'll even help you kiss the bride. It was. So anyways, this is probably the most ridiculous episode that I've ever seen. <laughs> Why did you choose it for number one? I know, right? But it is the heaviest shipper episode, I think. Um, if Now, I have to say that Lisa and Rick are my favorite, uh, but this was just over-the-top love, love. And it also has a, a, a special place in my heart because when I visited uh, Don in Tennessee, we rewatched this. And, mm. and so it, it's got a special place there because we were able to watch the ridiculousness unfold together. But if any, if you just want to see one for kicks and giggles and see two people somehow magically float around in the air in a park, um, Wedding Bell <laughs> is in fact the one that I chose. Uh, I am shocked. Shocked. Speechless. <laughs> I totally thought that you hated that episode. <laughs> so I remember like, like, why are they floating? And I didn't even remember that. And like, they, they all of a sudden become like Sentai fighters. And just... Yes. Oh, wow. Well, you know, well, yeah, I guess suppose in terms of, like, you know, what the show is about, it's a very iconic episode. And, um, yeah. I like the ending where they're like, you know, she can't, I think she's like, she's trying to make food and fries a pan. Like that. Oh, and gosh. It, yeah. And of course, Rick is next door. He's like, oh, this stinks. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my. Well, I should say also, in, in terms of talking about, uh, do you remember love again? There's a really nice, I like, especially because Maria, we should say that the Zentradi are actually like giant aliens. And whenever they like, you know, want to infiltrate Earth, they kind of shrink themselves down to human size. So Miri is originally a giant, but she, she when she went to become a spy, and then eventually married Max, she was regular size. In the movie, uh, when she and Max have their fight, they actually switch it up to where Max meets Miri, and she's a giant. And he actually goes over to the Zanjati side <laughs> and um, becomes a giant himself. But eventually, when the war ends, he becomes they, they both like live in peace. I don't know if he comes, becomes an Earthling again, but that's an interesting uh, reversal of it. But... Um, Oh my god. <laughs> Wedding bells. Oh, that was an uppercut. <laughs> wow. I I have no words. That was Would you believe? I didn't yeah. believe. Well, with all the craziness though, I think you know, uh Global's speech I thought was good, even though it starts off so down like when you're basically if you were to say, and Cicero does this in his speech, if I'm to like nerd out, but he'll say something like, I could call you a jerk and a doofus and someone who trips over his own feet, but I won't do that. Is that but, what Global I says mean, to Maria? Well, Global <laughs> is talking about like the Zentradi, all the, just like that, how terrible they are. And of course he's at their wedding, but it's like this really downer speech, but it comes up to the point where he says, but look, we're the same. And we can, if this is a, a testament to how it could be, then, you know, peace is on the horizon. So I think that was a good point at the end of his speech anyways. And then having some of the Zentradis start to really go against the system and say, what if I don't want to fight? You know, what about my feelings here? So I think it still carries some of those themes throughout the show 
uh, that makes it such a great show. So even though there were some crazy things that went on. Wow. <laughs> are you okay? Are you? <laughs> <laughs> My eyes are like as wide as saucers. <laughs> You just weren't expecting it. That's no. why I didn't say anything. You're like, this is my honorable mention. Like, I, 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 since I was, it's I was a serious say. show, I'm not going to put it down on my list. Well, I was going to put it like at number five originally, and like I thought that you would just like be so mad. Little did I realize that you would have even worse reaction to uh, episode Number four? <laughs> I can't wait to hear this again. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, um, would you believe? Yeah. Well, you know, it's. I think this is interesting that you uh, – uh, decided to do this your shipper uh, shipper spotlight episode on Robotech because I mean I, well it's obviously a choice considering the subject matter but mm-hmm. um, did you so you, I guess she, I know we talked about this you know off the air but you you said you would really you really enjoyed this series at, at the end despite all of its I did I ending. did yeah I mean there were just like really weird things that were going on but I think every series probably has that this may have more than others but overall I mean I really got into the characters and I think that's really what makes a show great is if you can care about the characters and I really liked Rick and I really liked Lisa and those were able to carry it away from Minmay. But but even with, you know, some of the ridiculousness that went on, there were great themes and adult themes, you know, that just war, what happens in war and what is life like and uh, what is your life like if you're dedicated to that war or what if you want to go against it. So um, I just thought it was great all around. It's not weirder than the show you made me watch. I'll tell you that. Oorah! <laughs> High School Host Club. Yeah. How do he where banana peels will pop up at any given moment. In real life, too. <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. Yeah. That well, was any other thoughts before your surprise? Oh, I forget. Um, I, well, my mind's so exploded by, the, by your choice. But just if anybody's listening to this, you know, that, that are, is even uh, intrigued again, I, I'll, I'll again go to, directly to Hulu or YouTube uh, or Netflix. Type in Robotech and uh, check out the Macross stuff, the first three episodes, because it is quite awesome. And uh, it's my favorite, and I highly recommend it. Now, if they're not into anime, but they would like to try the comics, would they be able to get into that? Yeah, because the comic adaptations, they're basically like literally adaptations of the episodes. And it's not really done. Like The comics are done from a Western standpoint. They're not done in any manga uh, perspective, because Comico was a, was a Western american comic company he actually did like johnny quest and stuff so i mean i have no idea where you can find the comics because the comico died years ago and i was lucky to get as many as i did you might have to find them online to to get them there was also novelizations uh the jack mckinney novels uh do novelizations of of the series which you know it's it's a little more like you know mature not so much so but you know it's a little bit because this show was done this show was presented to kids so the the novelizations are done a little a little bit more mature, but it's not anything that you probably anybody couldn't handle. And um, if you also want to get interested in it, you can check out like the uh, many sequels. There's the Japanese sequels, Macross Seven, Macross Plus, Macross Two, blah blah blah. And then there's also like like you said, uh, Robotech Masters, Robotech Ninja Generation, Shadow Chronicles, and um, a whole bunch of content. It's true. It is true. It is true. Yeah, I think. Um... If I were to say, well, if you are a completist, then I guess watch the entire 86 series, 86 episode series of uh, Robotech. But I definitely say that New Generation is better than, um, look up, look up, look up, this guy is fun. That's one guy. That's weird, actually. Max Sterling voices, uh, 
Yellow Dancer. Yellow Dancer, who is a man dressed as a woman. It's but of very course, strange. he sounds like a, he's chainsaw configuration. But that's cigarettes. actually, it's better than The Masters, I should think. And again, yeah, if you like anime, I think is one thing, or if you like sci-fi, because I think people that would enjoy things that take place take place in space like Star Wars or Star Trek or again Battlestar Galactica because a lot of the themes resound in that show I think that they could give this a shot and enjoy it and this is also like I mean this is the this is one of the series that like legitimately like brought forth the anime phenomenon into the US like this is one of like the um like uh paved the way for those for all the other shows so this it kind of tells you something that, about the success of uh presenting the show to people who are unfamiliar with it yeah. Well, this surprise uh, for Donovan here is a special uh, segment, and it's called Can You Defend Min Mang? <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to know if you can defend her. Um- <laughs> I, you know, I see her as this as this ditzy person who just seems to go about her day as if war is not even existing and the world revolves around her and she wants Rick. She wants Rick to be with her at the end, even if countless people are dying or the city is being exploded. You know, at the very uh, beginning, she wants to go back while the city is exploding and it's being attacked by aliens to get her diary. What's that about? She falls asleep on Rick's hospital bed when he's the one who needs her. She doesn't need rest. What's that about? You know, she collapses. Yeah, and she calls Rick and says, I'm sure you heard about me collapsing. (laughs) And I just want, and of course he just had two tragedies, one on top of the other. First his big brother Roy Foker died and then Ben Dixon, basically one of the the three amigos, he dies. Leaving Rick right after being rescued in that uh, that little shelter, as we said, after they basically became faux husband wife hello what's that about and finally (laughs) saying she's gonna sing a new song and then just singing one of her two songs over (laughs) and over again can you defend minmay donovan so let's see what you can do (laughs) you've been on you're unprepared for this so this is just like what can you come up with on the spot this is the best podcast ever Uh, well, short answer, no, but if I were to try, um, well, okay, uh, leaving a friend, uh, like, episode four, you're talking about, like, where she, like, ditches Rick, who, to, to just, who only faint, um, uh, after saying, kiss me, Rick, hold me tight, um, she's 15, and a female, so, I, I would imagine, like, it's like, it's like Roy Foker says in, uh, episode five, women are fickle, especially that age, uh. now, this, this might earn me a slap across the face, but, I think that, um, it's not, unfair to argue that she doesn't know what she wants um which is characterized by the christmas episode in terms like she likes she enjoys singing that's her life but she doesn't want it at one point calling rick after uh uh ben dixon was horribly disintegrated which is like one of the strongest images that that left me as a child um she didn't know that ben had died falling asleep on his hospital bed is nigh unforgivable but uh I think Rick invited her to, to sleep on there because he loves her. So he didn't object to it, although it was rude at the end of the day. Um, singing the same two songs over and over again. First of all, I think she has like three or four songs in total, but they do. They always say she'll, she will sing. I know in um, Private Time, Kyle says, here's her new, newest hit, We Will Win. And she starts singing the Stage Fright song. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, and that's also a dubbing problem. 
what else? Because I, I mean, these are sort of like explanations and excuses, I suppose. Uh, well, why does she want to go back? Oh, the diary. He just explained that that she's a fifteen-year-old girl. Female? <laughs> Is that like? <laughs> oh. oh goodness gracious! And the whole war thing t- again—it's just I kind of we talked about how she might not get it. I mean, there are people out there who lack a certain perspective, and I think that Mime is one of them. But uh, it's interesting to me that her, you know, positivity does end up being like one of the best parts about uh, Macross's Macross City's uh, sort of experiences with the Zentradi. So. It's sort of like, you know, take it or leave it, I guess. I can't defend Minmate, but that doesn't mean that she is unlikable, I suppose. Yeah. She has her moments. Even I will give her that. When you when you first uh, when you first uh asked me to do this episode, I I can't came I kind of came into the uh thought process of coming up with a re- with well-reasoned and uh, affectionate love of the series. So when you asked me to defend Minmate, I felt that I had failed. So um <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say. I just wanted to know if you could defend Bin May. That's all. <laughs> uh, long answer, yes. Short answer, no. Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah. Well, you know, even if you people out there have no idea what Robotech is. Too bad. <laughs> decide to not give it a shot. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this as much as I really enjoyed this discussion. Oh, me too. <laughs> Uh, so this was great. So thank you again for joining me. I think, I mean, this is basically probably going to be an annual sort of thing. And next year we'll have to do an actual comic-based one. So we're already in talks of what that's going to be. This is the greatest we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> Robotech. That has nothing to do with Batgirl to Oracle except that Roy Foker is Batman. Yeah, for, for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the reason that he pretends. But in real life, he's this dep. He's a deep guy. He, he, he's the hero Claudia deserves, but not the one she needs. Oh boy, yeah. Well, any other thoughts? You know, go out, listen to a nice Minmay song, and order some uh-huh. pineapple salad. Uh, yeah, but don't get into a plane after that, probably. Before, or after, yes. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. Happy Valentine's Day. Until next time. Sing on, Minmay lovers. <laughs> <laughs> we end on Stella's tears. <laughs> I know. Sometimes I dream with open eyes. I dream of falling in love. To be.